Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 27, Carve December, recorded on January 6, 2015. My name is Julie Fafan Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Shoebalzer. Hi, Mom. Hi, Julie. So we just got back from an exciting trek all through uh, California. Well... Northern California. Yes. yes. And so it was family vacation, and we're actually all still speaking to each other, which is kind of a miracle. <laughs> it is a good sign. And I tried to get you to carve some stamps with me because for Carve December, I had to bring my carving stuff with me. And you, you were an unwilling participant, meaning you refused to do it. I think that makes me a non-participant. Well, there you go. So I'm hoping that by the end of today's podcast, you'll be so enthused and you'll feel as excited as I am and that you'll be ready to start carving. What do you think? Let's try it. Well, see, I know you already own like three copies of my book, but I think they're just for bragging rights <laughs> and not for actual use. Anyway, okay, so we have three fantastic and very interesting and very diverse guests today on the show, and all are ladies who participated in Carve December. And so first up is Brianna Goatson. Did I say your last name correctly? It's pronounced Getson. I'm sorry. It's Brianna Getson uh, from Minnesota. And Brianna, you do something called expressive arts coaching, which I think is interesting. Will you tell people what that is? Yes. Um, it's a way for women to connect with their inner artist and divine self uh, through the process of art making, photography, writing, journal keeping, um, playing with mixed media art, things like that. Cool. Oh, Very cool. cool. So do you have clients or do you do this to groups or? Uh, both. I've taught at some women's retreats and then I also work with individual clients. Very cool. And uh, so our next, oh, and by the way, so Brianna's Instagram username that you may have seen her stamps under is Brianna Creates, right? Yes. Okay. So next up is a familiar voice because she's been on the podcast before. And in fact, we've all, she's only our second repeat guest ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Louise Nelson from Adelaide, Australia, who woke up early in the morning just to be here. So I'm very appreciative because I actually believe you're in the midst of Dece- uh, January 7th right now, though we may be January 6th. You're calling from the future. That's correct. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> Louise describes herself as a passionate mixed media scrapbooker, a wannabe painter and photographer. And I haven't seen anything on your Instagram. Are you coming to CHA this year? No, unfortunately. Wow. It is sad, but I do know that you have some sort of secret that you've been posting about on Instagram of something that's going to be revealed around CHA time. That's correct. But it is pretty local, and we're hyping it up just to get the interest going. But it's, okay. not, it's not huge, if you know what I mean. Okay, but so you have, a little, you have a little bitty sure. secret. A little bit secret, yes. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Uh, And last but not least, we have our final guest is Arlie from Colorado. Wait, didn't say what Louise's uh, Instagram name is. I'm sorry. Louise's Instagram, my mother is a great corrector. You know that she calls me most mornings about my blog and points out the spelling and grammar mistakes. So no (laughs) doubt this is another important correction. So yes, Louise's Instagram username is Lulabelle. Am I correct? Yes. 
There you go. And our final guest is Arlie from Colorado. And I did ask Arlie if she had a last name, and she said she didn't. So Arlie is a commercial designer. And as she says, and I quote here, I design logos and posters and stuff for clients. And she says she has big clients and small clients. She does small jobs and big jobs, and that she loves it. And actually, Arlie, one of your clients is the Kick Club Coco Daisy, which you design stamps for. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hi. I'm I'm kind of curious to see if there's going to end up being some sort of synergy between some carved December and some stamps that come out for Coco Daisy. Well, those big fat letters were pretty popular, and I think that would be a pretty fun stamp set. Yeah, I loved your mixed font alphabet set. I thought that was great. Thanks. I was surprised that you didn't include, I asked each of them, and you'll see it in the blog post that's attached to this podcast, I asked each of our guests to provide photos of three stamps that they love from Carve December. And Arlie, you sent me some numbers, but you, I was sort of expecting you to send me the whole set of your mixed font alphabet. Oh, that it one page old. that I showed all of, oh, oh, right, the whole alphabet. Yeah, I don't know. Choices, choices. <laughs> choices. <laughs> and her name on Instagram is... Crazy Arlie enough, B. Arlie. A-R-L-E-I-G-H-B, as in boy. And Arlie, by the way, I don't know if you still do it, but you used to do haikus on Instagram constantly, which were hilarious. I do. I'm Well, I'm just goofy all over social media. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so ladies, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you participated in Card December. And I was wondering if we could sort of go around and you could just um, let everybody know um, how you found out about Carve December and sort of what kind of stamp carving you had been doing previous to Carve December. So, so who would like to start? I don't know, Louise, you look excited to start. Oh, goodness me, woman. <laughs> um, I knew about it because I stalk your blog. <laughs> Um, prior to that, I suppose I'd been just carving stamps to suit whatever I was doing creatively at the time. I um, do carve a lot of stamps that um, mimic the chipboard designs that I make, but it's usually pretty simple, simple shapes, feathers, things like that, yeah. And I know that actually um, that you design chipboard designs for, is it Imaginarium designs? But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so they're going to make some of your stamps into chipboard pieces, right? I did ask Yona if um, she wouldn't mind doing a private commission for me. Because the nature of her designs are so far removed from my freaky peeps, I didn't ask her if she would, <laughs> like, be interested in selling them. But she would do a private commission for me, and I'm hoping if there's enough interest that we can sell them online through the scrapbooking shop that I work for. Well, I know that my mom has talked to me many times about your freaky faces. She sort of loves them. Mom, did you want to say a little bit about you? You're always talking about how you find them so appealing. Well, I think they're just so lively and unexpected, and I like that. Oh, thank you. I have shown them to a few people, and you should see the looks on their faces. They're like, oh, really? Well, you know, I, I think I feel that way all the time when uh, the biggest compliment people always think that they can give you is I once showed somebody something that I must have spent, you know, like two years of my life making. It was a little stitched, like intricately embroidered, bead embroidered purse. And she was like, wow, this is so good. I mean, I feel like it's good enough that you could like sell it. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's not the compliment I was looking for. But thank you. I appreciate it. But thank you. Uh, OK, so Brianna, how about you? 
Uh, I saw on your Instagram feed that you were doing this Carve December challenge, and I was very excited by it. Um, and I tend to listen to my instincts and my intuition, if possible. And um, so I just said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to do this." And had you done a lot of stamp carving before? No, I've done a, a little bit, um, but I've always dreamed of having, you know, drawers and boxes full of hand-carved stamps. I just hadn't gotten the gusto to do it myself yet. Well, now you have. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Arlie? Uh, I missed it the first, well, I don't know if it was the first time, but I missed it last year, and I wished all year that I hadn't missed it last year. And then... Uh, it, our common friend, uh, Rhonda Palazzari, mm-hmm. taught me how to carve, and I did carve a few stamps, and I bought your book, and I got all excited, and then I packed everything up and moved, and I knew <laughs> that I needed something to do to bring me back to myself and my own playtime, and I saw you say something about it toward the end of November on Facebook, and I jumped on immediately because I knew that's exactly what I needed. And it's been so fun. It's been wonderful. Good. And what kind of stamps had you carved before? Had you carved, I mean, I know you're a professional, you know, uh, more graphic designer, yes? Well, yeah. And I, and the stamps I do are more graphic. I see you guys doing the pattern stamps, the motifs, and the, and I just can't see myself using those. I'm not a really an art journaler. I'm more likely to use them to seal an envelope or, or uh, put on a pop dot, pop dot and put on a card or use as my initial somewhere. It's sort of more of a graphic application than a decorative. And so um, the stamps I designed for Coco Daisy are 600 DPI. And the stamps that I'm working on with you have a more sort of chunky, big, bold feeling to them. And so even though it's the same media, it's really different. For people, by the way, who don't know what DPI means, can you just explain it to them so that they understand that sure. the fine so, line uh, of it? Yeah. So when you look at a photo online and you go to print it out, when you print out a low-res photo, um, which is just something that you would see on your screen like Instagram, it has sort of a blocky look to it, and that's low DPI. And if you um, took a photo out of your professional digital camera and had that printed – that's high dots per inch, which is what DPI stands for. And um, so you have more bits of information per inch, and um, it allows you to have much more fine detail. So if you took your digital camera and printed that same photo with a much higher DPI, you would have all the same details as a regular photo instead of the dotty-looking square one that you would get offline. A 300 DPI is what you would usually do like a regular photo uh, print. If somebody said, send me your photo so I can print it, you would do 300 DPI. We do our stamps even double that, so they're 600 DPI, so they're even finer than a regular photograph. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a good enough uh, explanation, but... 
No, I think it's a really good explanation because one of the things about stamp carving versus, I think, you know, getting a commercial stamp or designing a commercial stamp is the level of detail. And it is something I think you have to keep in mind about. um, And I think it's that line about, like, do you embrace what the medium is? It's that old thing about, like, do you leave all the extra stray rubber marks or do you clean it up and make it so precise and clean that it looks like it could be machine made? And I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I think that's sort of an artistic choice that people make. I don't know. What do you ladies think? Agree. Agree with everything? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One particular um, fellow of Carved December, I think her username was Red Chisel, and the the detail that she went to or the trouble that she went to to keep her designs clean left me very jealous. I just thought, oh, I wish I was that particular. I don't even have the fine motor skills to start with. And they looked beautiful, but I admired them because of what went into it from a physical perspective, not because it looked as cool and as clean as a commercial bought one. I just thought to have that fine motor school and that inclination to have such a clean, pristine, perfect-looking stamp, I wish that I had that in me, but I don't. Yeah, I wasn't... uh worried too much about fine details. I was just trying to figure out how my tools worked and how the carving material handled the tools. And I was happy that I actually carved a stamp. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing too, is so many people are using a wide variety of different materials. Cause I know like in Australia, Louise, you guys have a totally different kind of carving material that you guys use. And then universally, a lot of people were using erasers as opposed to a carving block. And then of course there are many carving blocks. So did you guys use the same thing the whole time or different blocks? I use different blocks. Sorry. Go ahead, Uh, Brianna. Okay, um, I use different blocks. I started with soft cut, which was uh, just a material that my mom had handed down to me. She's an artist as well. And then I used some erasers being inspired by what I saw on Instagram. Um, Those were the Pentel white high polymer erasers that you could get at Target. And then I also used uh, Speedy Carve, the pink kind. So I got a, a variety of carving materials in. And did you see a difference between them? Uh, the erasers were much softer than the other two carving materials. Um, I think uh, you said in your book that you prefer the pink speedy car or yeah speedy carve, and um, because of the fine details you can get, and I would agree with that. Um, but the soft cut worked really nice, and um, it's very inexpensive. I think you can get it at Dick Blick. What can't you get at Dick Blick? That's the problem with my Dick Blick <laughs> right. cart, actually, at the moment. The, the problem that I have here in Colorado is that sometimes the rubber dries out. Uh, because, because of, of the, the altitude? altitude? Yeah, the altitude wow. and the thin air. So I keep everything in Ziploc baggies. But if I miss one and it starts to dry out, I don't realize that's happened until I start to carve and it gets crumbly. And um, that second one I did that said, awesome, I think it said awesome or fantastic, whatever. There's some word that I did and it just wasn't working. And I realized it wasn't me. It was the dry, it was dry. It was like carving toast. It was awful. Well, so what happens to your stamps after you carve them? I mean, I assume you leave them out and they get dry and hard. Does it make them hard to use? No, but I do keep my hand carved ones in baggies, but the, my store bought ones, I keep, I just keep them in cookie tins and stuff. 
So, but yeah, it is a real problem here. The, the, uh, lack of humidity. I had no idea. That's so fascinating. How about you, Louise? What did you use? A combination of using erasers and the um, easy carb that we get here in Australia, I find the purpose-made easy carb so much better to carb. Our erasers tend to be a little bit harder and not as soft and not as forgiving. And stamps that I've carved, what, three or four years ago, the easy carb is lasting better than the um, erasers because the erasers go really hard and they will contort if you don't store them properly. Oh, yeah. That's always the sad thing is like if you've spent all this time carving a stamp and then you open your drawer of stamps or your box of stamps or whatever and it's like something either fell apart or twisted or broke or it just isn't workable and you're like, no, <laughs> total disaster. Okay, so, um, you know, and again, anything, do you guys have any sort of thoughts or feedback on what the Carve December experience was? I mean, I know that I think I carved close to 50 stamps over the definitely. 31 days, which I think is insane. And my hand, my claw hand definitely is aware of that feat. How did you guys do? I missed some days, but I think I caught up by doing four or five letters a day for the last week there. So I think, I don't know, I didn't count. Should I go mm -hmm. count? No, you don't need to count. But I'm also just wondering, did it change? Did it change carving for you in any way? Did you learn anything along the way, you know? What was it like? Um, for me, it was, what it was like wasn't really about the stamp. For me, it was time to myself to do something I wanted to do for me. And I just really looked forward to it every day. So for me, it wasn't really, I mean, it was about the stamps. That's what brought me in. But it, but that's, it ended up being just me time if that makes any sense. It does, totally. Is now that I confess that I can carve 90% of my stamps all in one day because what? I was so busy creating <laughs> And so my excitement was waiting to upload pictures of my stamps every day. <laughs> Is that cheating? <laughs> Yeah, I'm really sorry, but I was so busy creating CHA samples that I didn't think I'd get the time and I didn't want to miss out on the experience. Well, there you go. Now we all know your dirty little secret. I don't think – there's no rules. I mean, I don't care. I just find it fascinating that we didn't know until now. You tricked us all. I think it was only about the last three or four days of the month that I sat down and did them individually. Yeah. But I did have fun um, changing them around. I had them all set out in days of the month and how I was going to um, stamp them and, and arrange them for the photos and things like that. But I ch kept changing it every day. So that was half the fun. There you go. I do find that like the printing and the taking the photo of it and all that kind of stuff, that is part of the experience. Do you know what I mean? As much as actually carving the stamp. And it is part of the artistry too of like getting it just so and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate, Julie, I appreciate your creating a feeling of community, too, because I yeah. felt like by the end of the month, yes. the group of us had all come together under your hashtag, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was amazing. Like, I feel like the group took on a life of its own, which is always the hope 
and the wish that you have, right, is that people are so excited that they run away. And I, I still see people commenting on each other's Instagrams that have nothing to do with stamp carving. And I know that some of the, I saw somebody say that they'd started a new hashtag. I'm going to get it wrong. Carve addicts or carve something like that, just to do more stamp carving with because people were now excited. And I think that is the thing about a daily project, right? Mm -hmm. It gets you super duper just because you push past that point of non inspiration. Like, I loved it when I saw posts from people on Instagram that said, I'm feeling so uninspired, but here's my stamp. And I was like, that's it. Because people always say, like, What do you do when you have creative block? And the answer is, It doesn't matter. You just keep going until suddenly it's not anymore. You know, and I think that for me was like, yes, people are doing it even though they hate it and they're angry and they don't have any inspiration and they're just still doing it. <laughs> I want yeah, to make jump people in. angry. <laughs> <laughs> I also think if you're doing something every day, you live in that world a little bit. Even when you're not actively carving, you're thinking about it or you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, and so it becomes, it's like a novel that you're reading. It becomes a daily presence in your life. It's another world that you're in. Mm -hmm. The inspiration was great. Go ahead. I know it's hard with so many people who are afraid to talk (laughs) over each other, but go ahead until you're the last man talking. (laughs) This is Brianna. I wanted to say that um, so that I would not fail at this challenge, I started carving an alphabet set. So I figured 26 letters in 31 days, I can handle that. And uh, I started carving about six letters a day. And so by December 6th, I had a whole full set of letters already carved. And then I moved on to numbers and then some designs after that. So uh, just the experience of having uh, a set goal in mind was very helpful. And then, uh, as mentioned earlier, just the support of the community and all the positive comments people would give was very encouraging as well. It was almost overwhelming, wasn't it, the feedback that you will get? I, um, I, it was like an extension of that community that you had created, Julie, but the, the amount of um, feedback and the type of feedback I was getting, I had never had that before experienced it before and there were some days where I just wanted to reach through my iPhone and hug all those people because I wanted them to know the joy that they had given me in their feedback it was it was amazing yeah Mm -hmm. I think there's something that is so I mean people are really generous and when they say like you know your uh, art is great or it's really uh, you know inspiring and stuff like it's there's a moment where you almost can't believe that it's true and it is exciting you know (laughs) (laughs) we just had a photo bomb on a podcast (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, nobody can see. So the, for the very first time, normally we do the podcast voice only. And of course, you guys will hear voice only. But the new update of Skype allows you to do video calling. So because there are so many of us on the call, there's five of us, we're sort of doing video calling. Hopefully that means that people can actually like raise their hands or figure out how to get in without talking over each other. So we're seeing lots of funny things in the background. Too bad for you who aren't. Uh, okay. So I just, you know... I'm thinking that I know for me, I noticed that my stamp carving got better and better through the month. I was actually worried that it would fall off, that I would get bored or I would get, 
you know, uh, but instead I started to start to get uh, like almost obsessed with seeing, can I do that? Can I push myself to do that? I don't know. Did you guys experience any of that? Yep. Yeah. I ended up using that one tool, that tiny one. The little number one blade? I don't know. But yeah, the smallest one. And I just didn't even use the other ones at all. I just did everything with that one. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like, yay, I'm free. I don't have to think about which. And so that was awesome. Very freeing. I was more worried about getting boring with my designs, to be honest. You know, like I felt like there was an expectation whether it was something I did to myself or what other people would think and I was really scared about my designs getting boring. But half the time when I was carving the stamps or drawing them up beforehand, it wasn't a conscious thing. They were just kind of flowing out of me and then I'd carve them and I'd I'd have sort of anxiety about uploading, thinking, will I do that particular stamp this day? Are they going to think it's as boring as you know what? We, in Australia, we have a saying that's as boring as batshit. And I was worried about... a lot about, of bats. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> so there was a little bit of performance anxiety. Did any of you guys feel that? I did. I definitely felt performance anxiety, (laughs) which I think is totally normal, which is because like, and part of it is it goes back to those nice compliments that you're getting from people, which is people are saying, oh, it's so great. It's so inspiring. It's so amazing. And you're like, oh my God, if they think that's great, how am I going to do anything that's better than that? (laughs) And like at a certain point I said, you know, uh, basically F it, like whatever. I was just, you know, I'm going to have to do what interests me. I'm like, if it stinks, it stinks, you know? Um, I will completely say that I was conscious maybe, particularly for the last stamp, I was like, this one's got to be big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Thanks. And it was big, too. It was a huge stamp. It was a big piece of rubber. (laughs) How about you guys? Did you have performance anxiety? No, you're so confident in yourselves. Gosh, I hate you just a little bit. <laughs> I didn't show every stamp I made. Oh, interesting. Which ones did so you hold me, back? I did a duck wearing a bow tie who didn't make it because I didn't like him. Actually, I did a bunch of ducks and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> so I have a bunch of duck stamps that I haven't posted. Very, very so, anti-duck. I love ducks, but they just, none of them looked right. So that, I guess maybe that's how I, that's what I did with my anxiety. I just didn't post them. I did throw one stamp in the trash. (gasps) Can't lie. I know it's true. I was carving. I can't, I literally am now trying to remember what it was. I think it was during my hotel room carving period. And I think I just kept, it's, Okay, so you guys know this. Sometimes when you're carving a stamp and you're just going to fix that one little thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, boom, you went too far. You really Mm -hmm. messed it up at that point. And I think that happened to me and I just was like, and I was like, okay, forget it. And I just tossed it in the trash because I was like, not worth it. Let's just start again. Yeah. yeah, because sometimes I feel like you spend so much time trying to – I'm a big fan of rescuing things. Like I used to teach this class called Ruin and Rescue, which was all about the idea that 
there's an art journaling class and it was all about the idea that as long as you're clear that you have the skills and the ability to rescue something from your art, that you lose your fear of ruining it. And it allows you to push past that, you know? Um, and I think it's like, I think that there is a thing with stamp carving, unlike with using paint or something, which is you can't put the rubber back, yeah. you know? And so it is in that sense, somewhat, you know, you have to, when you make a decision, it's full steam ahead. Right. Well, next time, Julie, when you you have an issue like that, instead of binning it, can you put it in a padded envelope and send it to Brooklyn Park? <laughs> later yeah, Australia? right. <laughs> there you go. Here's my garbage, Louise. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Julie, you I, posted I have... one picture on Instagram with your little teeny tiny uh, carving shavings and you said see you don't have to take away a lot to make a great stamp and I was like oh aha <laughs> I'm gonna do use that number one blade more than I use that big old number three or whatever the big chunky u-shaped one is that was very helpful so thank you for that you're welcome it is amazing, actually, when you think about it, how little rubber you actually do carve away. Like when I run my hands over some of my stamps, I'm like, you can hardly feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then also another decision that was hard for me was um, which part to reverse. Ah. So I, I, I get really stuck. And, the, and also when to stop. So that's a problem with any fine art that I do, I never really know when to stop. But do I like, if I like it now, do I stop now or do I keep going until I complete my vision? And if I do, will I go past the point where I don't like it anymore? So that's such a struggle all the time. Sorry, Sorry, Louise, can you say that again? I was saying hashtag keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. That was my way of dealing with the fact of um, worrying about going too far and completely ruining the design. Makes sense. Although, you know, that's one of the things I found, like, how I ended up carving some things both ways because, like, I couldn't decide, do you know what I mean? Should this be an outline stamp? Should it be a shadow stamp? Mm -hmm. Should it have, like, this part or not that part? And, like, it is interesting how you could take a design and carve it, like, four or five different ways constantly. Yeah. But that's part of the artistry too, don't you think, from going from design? I mean, I, actually, that would be a great thing if everybody could talk a little bit about their process. Like, do you design separately and then transfer your design to your block? Do you design directly on the block? Do you sort of just wing it as you go? You know, what's, what's your style? I did three different styles myself. Like, do you remember the pine cone drawing? Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drew that um, onto a piece of paper then I transferred it with a rubbing on onto the rubber, and then I um, then I carved it. And then the Buddha, I drew directly onto the rubber and carved it. Um, but I kind of knew I knew that I was just going to carve the outline of it directly. I wasn't going to um, do any deep carving. Both of those, and then the the letters I could just kept a sheet next to me and hand drew them on backwards onto the. Well, not all. I did an E that was perfect, but then when I stamped it, I realized it was backwards. So I, have, I have an E that's both sides. One's the right way, and one's the other way. But um, you never know when but, you need a backwards E. Actually, 
Yeah. Well, then, uh, if you look at that last one that I posted, that was a whole page of all the stamps that I did. I used the backwards E because it was better than the one that I did that the second one I did that was the right way around. I, the first one that was the wrong way was better. So <laughs> I used it. Well, you know, I didn't even notice that was backwards either. So that's how it just fit in. I have to go back and look. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Well, you know, you can actually reverse some. uh, If you have a stamp that's the wrong way, you can do that old technique of stamping it onto another surface, like either a blank block or something like that, and then re-stamping it. I mean, it's a lot of complicated whatever for whatever. But you can do it that way if it's really killing you. Anyway. Brianna, what's your process? Um, I ended up using uh, first a piece of notebook paper, actually, and um, drew my letters on that and then flipped the notebook paper over onto my carving block and just rubbed with the back of a pencil and transferred the image right onto the block that way. And then I tried uh, tracing paper for some of the more complicated designs. And did you, did you spend a lot of time on the designing or was it sort of like, hey, I'm going to sit down at my desk and see what happens? Yeah, it was a pretty quick design. I didn't spend a lot of time on that part. I just kind of looked for inspiration and went for it. I had a limited time in the morning where I could work, and so I just did what I could with that time, and um, I didn't, uh, I don't know, (laughs) spend too much time on the design like you asked. Did you carve at the same time every day? Did you carve every morning? I did. I got up every morning early. I have a son who's two years old and a husband, and so I need to get up before they wake up in order to have that creative time. Um, And yeah, actually Carve December really was transformative for me for creating a habit of doing that. So thank you again for, for that challenge. It's been very, very important and helpful for me. That's wonderful. And how much time did you carve out for yourself in the morning? (laughs) Ha ha, pun intended. Um, I would get up between 4 and 5 a.m. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then I could work until about 8.30. So, wow. What people can't see is all the grimacing that's going on in the video. (laughs) (laughs) The bet went on their feet. But it was worth it. It was totally worth it. You are an art warrior. That is amazing. Okay, well, Miss Miss Louise, I'm sure you were getting up at four or five in the morning as well to carve out some time. Well, it's usually part of my work day at that time of the day, anyway. Yeah, it's true. With the nature of the work I do. For anyone who but, doesn't um, know, by the way, Louise, do you want to tell people what you do for a living? Um, I'm what we call a scrub scout nurse. I work in the operating theatres, and I have more than one job, so to speak, because I work as an agency nurse. So I go around most of the major public and private hospitals around Adelaide, gap filling, basically, yeah, on a day-to-day basis. So you work crazy hours. I do. But it's nice because then I can um, communicate with my overseas friends because they're awake at the same time as I am. (laughs) Except for when you do podcasts. I know. Sorry, we got you up (laughs) early in the morning from the future. I have a friend who's going to New Zealand, and she said on the way back, she lives in California, she's going to arrive before she left, and she's trying to wrap her brain around how that works. It is kind of fabulous from that perspective. When I was flying over to CHA, I'd arrive on the same day that I left, except that when I come home, I lose a day, and that kind of sucks. 
Yes, definitely does. So now I know that you design, you you're, you confess to us your great secret about your stamps. However, yes. my question is, design-wise, do you do them, do you draw them directly on the block? Do you transfer? Like, what's your design process? I did the majority of them just freehand straight onto the block, I must confess. Um, when I did the um, the drawing doodling that my godson and his brother had done, I did actually trace those on using tracing paper and just a a graphite pencil. But with some of the designs which were kind of a replication, whether it was the positive-negative thing or just an extension of the design, I actually stamped the image onto the block. And you may or may not have noticed, but it was a, a, a flip side of what I'd already done and just extended the design. So I actually stamped the design onto the block with some of them from a stamp that I'd already carved. Yeah. Cool. That's a cool yeah. idea. Julie, um, you. what about me? So I have to say, I have to confess that I am an obsessive person. You may have noticed that. So <laughs> I plenty of times would like fall asleep at night thinking, what am I going to do tomorrow? What design <laughs> should I do? And in fact, I, when I did the days of the week stamp set where it says like, it's a big square, this is day. And then the little, each of the individual days are there. I was lying in bed and I actually got up out of bed, turned on the light, went over to my studio, <laughs> like scribbled out a design. Cause I was like, this one, I don't want to forget. Cause you know how it is when you're in that sleep state and you're falling asleep mm-hmm. and you just sort of, it like gets lost into the ether. Um, but I, I think for the most part for me, I think I spend, it depends what kind of stamp for the repeating pattern stamps. I draw all those directly on the block and I don't even really think about it. I just kind of, I'm making sure my um, sides are lining up and then everything else is just kind of improvisational. Um, for the stamps that are like a photograph or an actual object or something like that, I feel like I do spend more time in the design phase, actually like working out how big I want it, what it's going to look like before I actually take the time to get to the rubber, you know, because, um, not to sound like the laziest person on earth, but I might be, um, (laughs) I hate to like, you know, do all the effort and then not like the stamp. Like one of the things is I would say to my mom, sometimes when we were talking on the phone, I'd be like, ah, I don't know what I should design. I'm just thinking about it. And she would be like, why don't you do a duck or a, you know, whatever. And I would say, you know, here's the thing, which is the one thing I've really learned about stamp carving in the years that I've been doing it is it has, it's sort of, okay, I'm going to talk about 12 things all at once. Aren't you glad you guys asked me this? Um, which is, I remember when I first started shopping for like scrapbooking supplies and I swear to you, I would buy anything. If it were remotely cute or attractive, I would buy it. And then once I sort of figured out my scrapbooking style, I stopped buying so many things. And it started changing the way. And I would buy stuff that I knew I would use. I started to buy more sort of blank things or flexible things. And I think what happened to me with my stamp carving is at first I would carve anything just because that was a fun idea or a fun design and I just wanted to do it. Nowadays, I find that I'm only interested in taking the time to carve stamps that I'm actually going to use. So in the design phase, I spend a lot of time thinking about how would I use this? Is this something that I actually would put in my art journal? Is this something that would be on the front of a card? Is this a sentiment that I'm going to be stamping around? And like, and I, I really push myself to do things that are useful. And I would say, except for the stamp that I gave away, cause it was designed for a friend and it was a picture of her face. Um, all of the stamps that I designed during Carved December are stamps that I can absolutely see myself 
using, do you know what I mean, in my daily art. Um, Which is also sort of interesting because when people are like, oh, I want to buy that stamp, I think if I had done stamps that I wasn't interested in using, I'd be like, no problem. Like, pay me $10 million. Here's your stamp, you know? (laughs) Um, But I think because so many of them are stamps that I'm like, no, I want to use that. I'm like, I couldn't do that. I made it so I could use it. What a terrible right. business person I am. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I mean, did you... Same way. Yeah. So, Louise, with your faces, are you using those for... I saw you using them for Christmas cards. Are you um, using I them... Can, you don't... I don't upload everything I do. I do a lot of um, uh, type, journal pocket page project life type stuff or smash book type stuff. So I tend to use it mostly in that sort of thing, yeah. So you you probably won't ever get to see what I create with them, except for maybe the chipboards. Yeah. Well, that's really unfair and, and mean of you that we don't get to see. <laughs> <laughs> I have performance anxiety, Julie. I really worry about what I put on the blog. Well, you know, I think that the interesting thing that I've always found is I will sometimes post a picture, not just from Carver December, but of art in general. And I'll be like, oh my God, I love this piece. And you get like four likes and nobody thinks it's yes. awesome. Right? Yes. Right? Or then I post something and I'm like, I don't even know if I should post this. It's stupid. Whatever. I just do it. And then like 10,000 people are like, this is amazing. And you're like, what? <laughs> It's happening. But I mean, I also think that ties into it's really seductive with social media, with Instagram, with Facebook, with everything to change your work based on how much people like it as opposed to doing what you like. And I think that's a really hard thing to stay true to who you are. Now, Arlie, I know you're a commercial designer and so you have to do what the clients like. And I wonder if that is a difficult thing to deal with sometimes versus what you like yourself. Well, when I'm doing my own stuff, I'm the client. So uh, it's different. And, and when you do work for other people, you have to understand what they mean when they reject your art. They're not saying they don't like it. They're saying, I paid you to do a specific thing and that's not it. And so it's, uh, it's hard to train your brain to hear rejection of a design not as a rejection of your skills and, you know, your, uh, your ability, your artwork. And then, but the other side is the Carve December was good for me because it gave me time to be myself as a client, to do something, not be good at it because I'm not good at it. This is really only the second time I've ever carved stamps. And um, to just play, when you're doing it professionally, you can't play. You have to be good at it. And so playing around and just doing it for myself was awesome. You know, I talked to, I taught a class this weekend and there was a woman in it who's been an interior designer. And she said that one of her goals for the year was to be a beginner, just like you said, and to like accept, you know, what being a beginner is like. And she was having a lot of trouble with her sketches being really tight. And she said, how do I loosen up? And I said to her, basically, you have to accept that you're going to suck. Like you have to give yourself permission to be really crappy at it. And like... Because then you will, because like I have crutches, we all have crutches, things that we reach for because we know they're going to work, you know, and it's like, if you can allow yourself to be crappy at something, then you can allow yourself to grow and change another direction. But that's really mm-hmm. scary when you're doing it in public and you're doing it in right. front of other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. I find the crowd on Instagram so much more forgiving and generous and um, when they don't like something, they just don't comment. Whereas if I was to link my stamp carving on Instagram to Facebook, for some reason the audience is different and they are very comfortable in providing you a critical comment. And because I have trained, well, you know, uh, honest feedback. Well, everybody's feedback is honest, but do you understand where I'm coming from? It's a different type of feedback I find on Facebook. And because I haven't trained myself to not be having an emotional response when people um, write that's nice because, believe me, I can't cope with that's nice and I'll never make that comment ever myself. I'd rather not comment, to be honest. If, if I put a smiley face or a love heart as a comment, then it, it evokes a reaction in me and I love it to bits. But I, I didn't link my stuff to Facebook because I was so scared about the comments that I would get and I knew I wouldn't be able to cope with them if any of them were negative or like what you said, Julie, um, because I loved so much what I did with Carve December, there was such a personal creative freedom that you initiated in me. Like it was a gut instinct. Like Ali said, I just, I, I had, sorry, it was a, I can't remember which of you ladies said it, but I just had to do it. it. It reached out and grabbed me and creatively I was going to do this come hell or high water. It didn't matter what deadlines I had. It, I just had to do it. So to then link it up to Facebook and put, like, my heart and my soul with my freaky peeps on Facebook, I just couldn't open myself up to that sort of feedback because the ladies on Instagram and the gentlemen on Instagram, they're just so different. The feedback was, it's almost guttural and instinctive. It was, it's not, I find Facebook a very commercial social network. It's something you do because you have to to meet design team commitments and stuff like that and putting the product out there, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not as eager to put myself out there from a design perspective. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yep, I yeah. do. And I totally the, do. This was a very personal, creative journey for me. And thank you so much, Julie. It was awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I think I have a theory about the Facebook, Instagram thing. So tell me what you think, which is my theory is that People who follow you on Facebook may not also be artists. They just may be people who know you or know people who know you or have maybe – they're so distant from you. Do you know what I mean? But they're still yes. – it's like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of an acquaintance. Do you know what I mean? And so it's almost like a stranger. And so whereas I feel like on Instagram, I know like the people I follow, I follow them most of who I follow as artists. And it's because I love their work, you know. And if I don't like their work, I don't follow them. Do you know what I mean? And I wonder if there's some connection there where the people on Instagram are all who are following you are fans of yours because they love your art. And the people on Facebook are sort of acquaintances of acquaintances of acquaintances who may have nothing to do with art. Is that possible? It feels very much like that. It feels like Facebook is more the um, commercial side of the industry and what I do. They ask complete strangers most of the time. Of all the followers I've got, I think probably there's only a hundred that I would consider close scrapbooking or industry friends or something like that. It just it has a different tone, it has a different feel, it evokes different things when you put yourself out there on Facebook. Whereas Instagram, like you said, is 
very closer to home. And even myself, I've found so much inspiration on Instagram. With I follow artists as such on there. I may not know them, but they're an enormous sense source of inspiration. And not only that, even if I'm not a huge fan of what they create, just to look at their work makes me feel good, if you get what I mean, or the photographs that they take, or if they're life bloggers or social bloggers, that sort of thing. I just love, love looking at what they do because it's like having a chocolate. So it's better to look at an Instagram feed than it is Fewer to have a calories. Chocolate. Fewer calories yes. than chocolate. I wonder if the people who comment on Facebook are sometimes they're presenting themselves. They're not actually interested in communicating with you. They want to say something about themselves through their comment as opposed to Instagram where they're really reacting to whatever it is uh, you've posted. I just think Facebook tends to be a lot about self, self-promotion. Uh, yeah. And that even when you're commenting on someone else's Facebook uh, page, you're really talking about yourself. <laughs> There's a strong element of that, yes. Well, yeah. I think it's funny. There's someone in Australia, I think, who I read this. He's trying to have a coffee or a meal with every single person who's a friend of his on Facebook. <laughs> it's an ambitious really? plan. Yeah, he's funding his trip. Because I'll tag along. I know, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Get a trip across the world that way. It's true. Um, So here's something I'm wondering, which is did Carve December, did it burn you out on stamp carving or did it make you want to do more or has it been a neutral thing? I miss it. Yeah. What do you miss about Mm -hmm. it, Brianna? The actual um, carving or the community yeah. or the photos or the... All of it. The carving, the community, the photos, the feedback, um, just having that routine. I mean, I'm, I'm still keeping up with the creative routine, making other art. But, um, yeah, just the Carve December community is, was so great. I mean, I'm sure it's still there in some, some form, but, yeah, it was really great. I think one month is a perfect amount of time for me. It's a long enough duration. I can really get involved, but it doesn't feel too long. And so uh, as soon as December was over, I rolled over and created a new challenge for myself to draw every day. And so I've, except for yesterday, which, and I know you're so sweet about it. You, you gave us permission to not do something every day. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you said it and, and you don't care. And I love that because I'm so used to deadlines and, and I see challenges as having to do things a certain way. And it was nice to have a forgiving type of challenge. So mm-hmm. I'm doing the same in January. I'm drawing every day if I can. And I couldn't yesterday. I watched TV instead. <laughs> well, you know, I think there isn't like, I, I actually relate this a little bit to Weight Watchers, which I've been doing for a while now, which is like, if you, if there's a day that you don't track your food, 
guess what? It doesn't mean that you've stopped doing Weight Watchers. That's a day that happened. If there's a week, if there's a month, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? You just get right back on track whenever you can. And I think yep. the same thing is true, right, for uh, for a daily thing, a commitment to art. If, like I do art journal every day. Do I actually art journal every single day, 365 days a year? No. But do I do it most days? Yes. And if somebody told me that they exercise twice a week, I'd be like, you go, you beast. You know, that's two more days a week than I exercise. <laughs> so good for you. So if somebody told me they made art two days a week, I'd be like, rock on with your bad self. Not everybody can say that. That's amazing. And I think we're too critical in thinking that it's an all or nothing. And there are some amazing human beings who I don't understand it, who make these year long projects where they do it every day. And I just think, oh my God. How do you do that? Like a month for me is a great commitment. I love it. But usually what ha happens is at the end of the month, I both have the impulse to do it because I'm now so used to the cycle of doing it, but I also feel the relief right. of being mm -hmm. able to turn my creative energies in a different, into right. a different route or a path or something mm -hmm. like that. How about you, Louise? Are you enthused? Are you burned out? I mean... Well, she only did it for one day. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my coffee table in the lounge room. Sorry you can't see this on the podcast, but it's still covered in stamp carving crap. <laughs> so you're living with it every day. Every day. It sits there and taunts me as I sit exhausted on the couch thinking, I really should do something. But that was probably the best thing about this. Um, apart from the fact that I, um, it was an awesome personal creative journey, was like the freedom to do something that was me, true to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a brief. There wasn't a, a, a client expectation. I was my own client. I was my own customer. Because you were like those, those classes you take where they give you a kit of things and yep. they say, make it and make it look like this. Yep. And then everybody <laughs> comes out with the same thing. And so you kick-started that for me because I had kind of lost it. Well, so, you do a ton yes, of design team work, Louise. I mean, a ton of design team work, don't you? Well, people say that, but I don't, actually. I'm only on three teams. See, only on three teams. That seems like a lot to me. Plus, you have a full-time job, plus whatever else. And you guys are so sorry that you can't see this on the, on the podcast because there's a cute little baby that just came in the background. <laughs> Someone woke up from nap. <laughs> Okay, so let's. Ju I just want to finish up sort of with the idea of a month-long project. And um, have you ever participated, I'm wondering for you guys, in other month-long projects before? Was this a first one? Is this another one? Was it different, the same? I'm just, you know, what's the deal here, ladies? And Louise is shaking her head all over, so I'm going to make her go first. What's the deal? Um, like you were talking about, like those commitments that people make, you know, 100 faces in 365 days or... 365 days of project life and all that sort of thing. God, I'm lucky if I, you know, even make the commitment to begin with. So this was a big step for me to commit to something that went on for a month. But it has started the ball rolling. I probably wouldn't do it again unless it was by someone that I was incredibly inspired by, like yourself. So, yeah, it, it would be very much based on what was forming the basis of the challenge. And if it went past a month, I probably wouldn't even 
consider it given the nature of my work being shift work and that sort of thing. How are you, Brianna? This was my first uh, challenge that I participated in. I've um, looked at other ones in the past and thought about doing them and just felt like I couldn't commit. But I don't know, like I said, something about this one just really sparked something inside me and I just, I had to do it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did. Me too. Miss Arlie Barley. So uh, yeah, Arlie Barley is my Facebook name because I don't use my last name. Um, (laughs) uh, So I don't make New Year's resolutions. I make new month resolutions. And I forget where I read it that a month is a good amount of time to create a habit. I don't know where I read it, but I do a one month resolution. And um, one time it was um, I resolved to answer every email on the day that I get it. Wow. No, that only worked that month <laughs> and it didn't stick. But another one was to uh, make the bed every day. And now, and it's been years and we make the bed every day. It's made every day. And it's, it seems really tiny, but it's lovely to come in and see your bed made. And so um, I, I like making a resolution in a one month chunk and so Carve December fit perfectly with my November resolution and now drawing every day as my January resolution. And I, so I do that. I think of my stuff in terms of one month at a time, improving myself and doing fun things one month at a time. So it, it fit really nicely. So I don't, I've done challenges before, but I think of a resolution as a challenge. So, What about yeah. you, Julie? Well, I'm a binger in virtually everything in my life. And so like binge creating for me is really, it's a good experience because I like just totally immersing myself in something. And I think, you know, I mentioned it earlier on the podcast, but I, I find that when you do something every day, A, like you start to have the tools and the supplies and everything at the ready and you're ready to go. Two, I think like even when you're not doing it in your off moments, your brain is going and you're thinking about stuff. And so you're actually still being creative in that same space during that time, which I think is really helpful because instead of ping ponging around, which is what my mind normally does, I'm sort of a little more focused. And it makes me think, Brianna, like of your morning time, that like getting up every day and knowing you were going to carve a stamp that day is a lot different than getting up and being like, I'm going to go make something. Like it's just, it's a Yeah, it's a totally different feeling. And I think Mm -hmm. so that's another thing I like about a monthly challenge. And then I also think it's that thing we talked about earlier about the burnout. You get Mm -hmm. burnout in any artistic discipline. I mean, I think probably in any anything you do. But like to push past that burnout successfully, to push past that wall. I mean, I I know I've heard people who exercise say stuff like, oh, you got to push past the burn or you got to, you know, like get past that. Like at two miles, I was really tired, but by six miles I was flying. And I'm always like, yeah, okay. At one mile, I was like, where's the McDonald's? But anyway, uh, I think the thing is like for me, you know, there is that thing about when I get past the two days where I'm just like, I hate this project. I never want to do this again. And then I'm like, oh my God, I love it. And it's so much better because I had to get to frustration to create something new. Because what I was actually frustrated with was that I was doing the same thing over and over again and not pushing myself somewhere. They say you never make a change unless you're unhappy. And so that's, that's the silver lining, I suppose, to being unhappy is that something wonderful is going to change because you're going to have to make a change to get unhappy. But it's, it is kind of the great thing about that binge creation period. Yeah. 
Anyway, so, okay, so we should wrap up because it's been about an hour. Did anybody want to say anything else? Did I miss out on any big thing that you wanted to say? No. No. Could you guys say your um, your Instagram accounts again? Yes, let's sure. do that. Let's go around and say where people can find you online, including your Instagram name. So, Arlie, why don't you go first? Um, I have a website, arlie.com, A-R-L-E-I-G-H, and I think I have everything linked there, but on Instagram, I'm Arlie B, A-R-L-E-I-G-H-B, and I would love to see people there. Brianna? Um, my blog is orangespiralarts.com, and I have a Facebook business page as well, and then my Instagram and Twitter Names are Brianna Creates. Ms. Louise? And the last time you asked me this, I couldn't answer the question. But I actually wrote it down this time to remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Lula Bell on Instagram. Um, I have absolutely no idea. I think I'm Louise Nelson on Facebook. Or it might be Lula Bell. You never know. And my blog address is louise justlulabelle.blogspot Mom Don't try to find me I'm in a cave <laughs> <laughs> Well, your cave gets very good reception, Mom Okay So, uh, as for me you can find me at balzerdesigns.typepad.com and my Instagram username is balzerdesigns It's that last S that confuses people so much. It's because I do lots of designs, plural. Okay. (laughs) So do leave us your comments or questions at ballsresigns.com arting. We'd love to hear from you. I would like to thank my amazing guests for taking some time out of their busy days to talk about Carve December and for participating in Carve December and to everybody who participated and commented and did all those great stuff. It was amazing and it'll definitely be back next December. So if you tweet about this podcast, please use the hashtag, hashtag arting podcast, all one word, A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And thanks so much for listening. We will see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast. <laughs> <laughs>